Hello, everyone. This is Dwayne Moore. You have joined us for the Heart of Worship podcast. Very excited about this version of our podcast. This is uh, show number five, I believe. And on show number five, we have a special guest host with us. His name is Jordan Hutton. If I had some canned clapping, I would turn it on right now. Everybody clap for Jordan. Hello, Jordan. How are you? Hey. Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, we're excited that you're here. Uh, Jordan is a dear friend. Jordan is up in uh, Indiana. Tell us where you are up there, Jordan. Yeah, I live in a small town called Scottsburg, Indiana. Uh, actually, actually, my hometown. And uh, didn't quite expect that I would come back here. And, and yeah. definitely didn't expect that I'd be back here working uh, in full-time ministry here in my hometown. So... Uh, I work at a church called First Christian Church. It's here in Scottsburg. It's been here a long time. It was my church growing up, and um, get to uh, get to serve here as the worship pastor, and have been yeah. here about two years. Yeah, yeah, doing a great job there. Uh, I love your pastor, Matt, and uh, just think you've got a really good thing going there. Uh, we're still a little bit jealous. We haven't completely gotten over it um, because you were with us full time. And now you're following your calling and doing what God told you. Who go figure? Anyway, I know. <laughs> and uh, but we're loving we're loving what we see happening in your life. And man, but we also loved it when you were with us full time. You're still on our lead team. We still claim yeah. you as uh, as a lead team, and you still help us when you can. But uh, man, I had an opportunity here. Just kind of grabbed it, seized it. Uh, when Stephen wasn't going to be here, I, the first person I thought of that I would ask to to uh, sit in and, and help us with this is you because uh, we we love you know just having conversations with you I think we're in for some good stuff today awesome. well thank you so. honored to be here yeah yeah well speaking of Stephen um, and jealousy those two oh, do man. go hand in hand right that now guy. yeah <laughs> yeah they yeah we are a little bit jealous of him right now Stephen is in Hawaii and uh, that's how they say it over there and he is actually right now in, on the island of Kauai. He's visiting three different islands, and uh, he'll be gone for, I think, close to three weeks. And guess what he's doing in Hawaii? Just I can guess. guess. I think he's hiking. <laughs> well, Backpacking? I mean, I wouldn't, I, hiking? Absolutely. I wouldn't think of that. Someone that, uh, uh, the other day said, I wouldn't think of you going to Hawaii and doing that. Well, that's what he's doing, and I do think of that because I've been to the island of Kauai, and it is beautiful, but it's a little bit primitive, uh, and so it's a beautiful place to get out in nature, and that's what he loves so much. So he and four other buddies of his took off, and it must be nice. That's all I got to say. It just must be nice. It so. must be. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, us married folks are back here working, trying to make a living, but... Yep. Uh, He's enjoying yep. the single life, but uh, <laughs> anyway, so that's where he is, and we'll talk bad of him in a little bit maybe, but uh, mostly we'll just pray pray against him, I mean for him, and, uh, right, right. <laughs> and pray for him. <laughs> and uh, But yeah, our show today is going to be, uh, I think, really, really, really good. Uh, always appreciated Jordan's perspective on things. You're going to get to hear some of that today as we talk, but uh, Jordan, the first thing I want to hear about before we get into... Uh, our our topics and what we're learning, those kind of things. You got an announcement that you you probably like to make as much as you can nowadays. So let's hear your big announcement. Yeah, very excited. 
uh, we're having a baby. Woohoo! So, <laughs> uh, baby boy, uh, due awesome. on May the sixth. And uh, my wife, her name's Kenzie, and uh, she's doing great. And that's been been a really uh, good pregnancy. And so, yeah. Uh, actually, yeah. just after I get finished with this, yeah, heading you- heading to a birthing class of some sort tonight. So that's gonna be fun. So. <laughs> Um, so we're, yeah, you were we're telling me about that earlier, and I, and I, I said that I was busy. Then you know I've got things to do after this, after we finish recording. And you said, yeah, I have, I have two. I have a birthing class. I said, well, you know, that's I can guarantee you that is not what I have to do. <laughs> uh, we haven't been in that business in a long time. But uh, man, so excited for you, you and Kenzie. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. When's the due date? I don't I don't remember exactly. May the, May the sixth. So uh, oh okay. Here okay. pretty soon. So we're. We're about 23 weeks along at this point. Yay! And um, so have, cool. have that class tonight. Have a doctor's appointment tomorrow. And uh, okay, baby uh, uh, loves loves music. That's been fun already. About so my wife Kinsey gets to sing and help uh, lead lead worship here with me. And so uh, every every time the the band kicks in, uh, the baby also starts kicking and doing somersaults in there. So. Oh. Uh, so even, cool. Even this past Sunday, Kinsey was not on the uh, the platform, but she was out in the in the congregation with our folks, and she said, even out there, as soon as, as soon as the first note was hit, that baby was flipping around. So really, that's fascinating. <laughs> that's pretty cool. You, so. you told me the other night uh, that you got to feel the baby move. Yeah, that, yeah, that's just that's, started that's happening, cool. uh, where I yeah. can actually feel some little bumps. You said it's high, like he, high fives. Like he gave you high five, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> little high fives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so cool. Well, so, one of the things uh, that I, I, I was hoping we could talk w- uh, about together is uh, something that was a, a topic right around Christmas time with us. We had a guy on, you know, uh, I believe you I believe you know Matt Morris. Matt is at the pastor at Cornerstone Church in Louisville. Well, Matt, uh, we had him on uh, as a special guest and just sharing his perspective on joy. And I thought, you know, here we are in a new year. We're past the holidays, but we still need joy. We still need to remember going into our new year, the importance of joy. And, uh, and talking to you makes me joyful, man. I hear the stories and I just can't help but smile, you know. So it kind of yeah. Yeah. makes my day. So I thought, so I thought we might talk about that a little bit. Uh, also, if we have some time, I'd like to talk about... Um, there's a, you hear a lot about persecution going on in the church and other countries, and we don't hear enough about it, really, because uh, there is so much of it we need to be aware of, and we need to be praying for our Christian family in other countries. But what we don't hear even as much about, I think, is the revival that's also taking place. And yeah. so I thought it'd be incredible if we have a conversation about that. And, and, and this is a, a podcast about worship, so people might hear me say we're going to talk about that and wonder what that has to do with worship well everything you know um, because life is should be an expression of worship and when we got christian brothers and sisters out there going through these difficult times they're doing it for the glory of god you know and uh, and they're worshiping him through that so i think there's a lot to be learned from their example i think there's a lot of encouragement we can draw from hearing how god is moving in those places and also, I think we can leave today with a better idea of how to pray for them. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it has has everything to do with worship. And so 
um, just being aware of what's going on around the world is is an important thing, and um, it's it's just easy for us to get in our own little bubbles and not be aware. And so it's 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 a healthy thing, I think, to open up and be aware of what's going on around us. And like you just said, being in prayer for those people. Um, right. Right. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. so, too. And so we'll, we'll talk about that. And then our, our last segment, uh, Jordan, something we like to do, as Stephen and I try to do, is talk about something we are learning. Now, mm-hmm. with Stephen, you know, you never know what you're going to get. It, it could be he's learning a new guitar riff or it might be, you know, might be something real deep and spiritual. So I just tell you that we're not set on what it has to be, but we want to hear something I, that you're learning. And and I've got something in mind, too. So hope yep. I'm not throwing right. you on the cool. spot. I think I gave you some heads up about that. But <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. And uh, hey, let's take a break for a moment. We'll come back and we'll talk about uh, just maintaining joy and perspective through our trials and through uh, through the just the challenges, not necessarily trials all the time, just the pressures of life. And um, I think we both have a perspective on that and uh, be interesting. So we'll be back in a few moments. Before we leave, though, I want to ask you guys to pray for our upcoming Refocus retreat. Uh, Jordan will be a part of that. And um, uh, we have some wonderful people coming from different parts of the United States. We have several schools that are coming, bringing students. Uh, it's going to be an awesome time in Pigeon Forge, uh, February the 6th to the 8th. And so I just, uh, I just ask you that are listening to pray for that, pray that God really moves in and renews our hearts. So uh, just the end of our segment here, I want to make a mention about our Refocus retreat for Next Level Worship because they're the ones sponsoring this. So I want to put out some uh, mentions of things we have going on. So, So we'll take a break now. We'll be back in a few minutes to talk about joy and the journey. Hey everyone, we're back with the Heart of Worship podcast. My co-host is Jordan Hutton. And uh, Jordan, you've got a real unique perspective on keeping joy through the difficult times. And and uh, I ask your permission in advance because I know this is a very sensitive subject, but the fact that you are, uh, you and your and your wife Kenzie are pregnant and, and 23 weeks along, that is huge to anybody. But in your kid's situation, I think it's particularly uh uh, interesting and and noteworthy because you have gone through a lot in your lives even to get to this point. So I thought if you wouldn't mind, just take a few moments and share your journey of pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, um, I would love to. I am, am very excited to be 23 weeks along, and uh, but also very nervous. And there is mm-hmm. a a fear that still creeps in every now and then and I sense that and feel it and and I've tried to figure out how to how to overcome that through my hope in Christ and and like you said the joy that we have in him um so so yeah so my wife Kinsey and I uh uh, have been married um for a few years and thought that uh, when we were ready we would just have a child (laughs) and Turned out that it just wasn't quite that easy. Um, and over the course of two years, we had three miscarriages, and yeah. um, 
and just they happened at different times and so the excitement of expecting a child and then the disappointment of of that being taken away and lost yeah. is um is very much an up and down process as you can imagine and i know many people have experienced it and um as we've been more willing to open up our hearts and share with other people we found that lots of other people have been through that that same that same story and uh, about one in four about one in four women have experienced a miscarriage oh wow i didn't realize and, that um, yeah yeah it's just it's just something that i think culturally we maybe have just not talked about and uh, it just happens and you move along and but you really don't uh i think you still always have that uh there you you know you remember that you had you had a child and and so um me believing fully that um that child is a child at conception that that, that was our baby we you know we have three babies that i uh, that's right didn't that's get to right meet. and uh, i agree with that look forward to meeting Amen. one day you wow. know really great do. perspective and wow. um, and so maintaining joy through that that was your original question so that's that's a little bit of the story and uh, you know obviously there's lots to that uh, but maintaining joy through it is is really hard it was that's the last two years on honestly man that's been it's probably been one of the hardest things i've went through um hmm. you know i definitely have had other loss in life and grief and um you know people die and divorce and i mean there's all kinds of things that that have been challenging in life just as in everybody's life but um the the ups and the downs of losing losing a child like that is it's it's shocking it's extremely difficult it puts it put me at a low that i maybe hadn't felt before um and because it was so personal yeah. you know so personal to lose somebody else in life is really challenging but to lose your, your own, own child that you're expecting just had a it had a punch to it that i didn't expect and um well i mean i know here's what i'll say and I, I, know, I was gonna ahead. say i mean i i know people that have had one miscarriage we had two but to have three yeah my goodness man i can't imagine that really yeah hmm. yeah and i i think that to maintain joy it's just staying staying the course and and really putting um, putting hope in the promises of God and really trying to worship through it. Yeah. Uh, that's hard to do. Uh, I mean, if one of the, the, our first miscarriage, to you know, an interesting story, how it happened and how it taught me right from the beginning. And I didn't know that we were going to have two more after that. Right from the beginning. So um, I was actually... I don't even know if you know this, Dwayne. I was I was leading a worship set with Kenzie, um, and we were doing it together. And it was actually a fundraiser for an, a mission trip that I was going on with you. <laughs> okay. And uh, we were we were raising money to go to Africa and to do you know all about what Next Level does. And so uh, I was leading worship with a, a band that night, and I was speaking in between about sharing about Next Level Worship and what we were doing, and it was a fundraiser. And um, I mean, Kenzie got sick an hour or two before it happened. 
had to walk off the platform, go to the bathroom. She never came back, and I had to continue leading worship. You know, in that oh, moment. Oh wow! Not I, really knowing what was going on. And not. And 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 I I deep down I knew what was going on because I just had that I, I had that feeling I had that really? good feeling. Oh. And um and so my wife's experiencing a miscarriage and you know some of the ladies that were there were just amazing and sat with her through that um and helped her and and I kind of I got through a couple more songs and we had a, a, a intermission kind of break and um at that point I was fully aware of what was going on and and um but I. You know, I won't forget the song I was singing that day. So I, I, right right in the middle of that uh, tragedy, I, I was singing that song, The, the Great I Am. Oh, yeah, good song. Uh, yeah, yeah, good song. And it, it, it took a whole new meaning. Mm. For, I mean, it took a whole new meaning um, that God's in control of everything. Mm. And, um, and I can still praise him because, because he's in control, because he doesn't change, because he's faithful. And so, um, as weird as that sounds, I'm kind of, in some ways, grateful that I found myself, you know, worshiping and actually leading worship um, in that moment because it it helped me realize that's what I have to continue to do through this to find joy, um, even if I don't feel it right there in the moment. Um, mm. I have to worship through it, and so. Wow. wow. Uh, I think I think God used that to teach me right from the beginning. And then, of course, two more happened. And and um, mm. finding joy in that was really challenging and made me question. And, and and all of it, though, made me, I think, and I hope, made me grow into um, finding even more joy today that we're 23, 23 weeks pregnant and expecting a baby boy. And the joy that I find in that's incredible. And but the joy that I find in in the Lord has to be more than all of that. Amen. And, um, it's it's bigger than circumstances, and so there's a little bit of my testimony, my story, and uh, my wife's story. Well, I, I'm glad you shared that. I was. Uh, we're we're doing good though. We're excited about. Oh what's yeah. Well, it reminds me of. Um, is it? It says Hebrews chapter twelve, verse two, where it says, "Who." talking about Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God in heaven. So, you know, it's interesting. I don't, it didn't say that he was enjoying the moment of being crucified, but for the joy set before him. And I think it's an unrealistic yeah. expectation that you get up there in, in the midst of your you know, that moment when your wife's in a bathroom somewhere miscarrying and you're just like, woohoo, you're happy, boy, life's great. No, life's not always great. But but that you, I loved how you said you worshiped through it and you just determined to keep your eyes on the one in charge. And and there's joy in that. There's joy that's coming in there. And uh, now you've got something to look forward to. It's like when Jesus turned the water into wine. That was at the end of the wedding ceremony. It's, he, he always saves the best to last. And there's always joy and hope for a future in the Lord, man. Why, ooh, get to preaching on that one. Love that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, some people live their lives wishing and thinking about what happened in the past. And that, that was their biggest, biggest moments. For us as the Christian, it's what's ahead. And. And, and even though we go through difficult times, the joy that's set before us can bring us, I think, peace and solace and, and even joy in the moment. I mean, 
Is that asking too much? Is that sounds, I know that sounds crazy for a person that doesn't know the Lord, but for you and me that have experienced it, go, no, that's not crazy. That's reality. You know? Yeah, it, it does sound crazy. Yeah. Um, it, it does. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to explain it sometimes. It's like, but I, I, I do know that I've felt the joy of the Lord in the darkest places. Wow. Um, and, you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength comes to mind. That Yeah, from Nehemiah chapter 8 or wherever that is. Nehemiah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's Nehemiah. And mm-hmm. um, just, it, it really, it's true. And there is a, a, there truly is a peace that surpasses our understanding that's out there. Yes. It, it really is there. And for, for the person that doesn't know it, and there um, maybe if you're listening and you're just in a really hard time, I mean, know that there there truly is a peace out there that's better than anything we can ask for or hope for uh, here that we can try to muster up ourselves. Um, it it's something that God gives, and and I hope that you seek it, and I hope that you worship through whatever it is you're going through, and know that know that God is there, know that He's with you and faithful. And I th- I think that's the key. What you just said. It's that, it's knowing what we don't see with our eyes, but knowing in our heart and just believing and trusting. Uh, without that, I think there's, it's impossible really to have joy and peace. But knowing that God's in charge, that, that's really the pinnacle of praise, isn't it? That's really the pinnacle of, uh, of, of where the joy comes from. It's just knowing that we, I was listening to um, and reading actually um, part of the testimony from Jonathan uh, Evans, uh, Dr. Evan, Tony Evans' uh, son, at the funeral of his, of his mom and Dr. Tony's wife uh, just a few days ago, and, and how he said, you know, we don't deserve anything. Everything we get, have is, comes from God. We deserve nothing. And uh, I thought, wow, what a perspective that, you know, he just he's at peace with where his mom is, you know. And, and uh, I think if we, if, we, if we approach life with that humility, and that just simple childlike trust, man, we, we can have joy in the journey. Uh, yeah. That brings me to something else that we didn't exactly plan to talk about today, but boy, it just fits so well. I'm going to ask you this and kind of put you on the spot a little bit, but I sure. know you're going to have an answer for us on this one, um, just for whatever's in your heart about it. But I think sometimes people see us leading worship from a stage, from a platform, and, and and they wonder if we're real, you know, um, especially if they know we've gone through a hard time and, and then we're up there singing like God is in charge or smiling maybe. Do you think that it's, a, yeah. it's, it's I guess I don't know how to couch this question, but uh, should we be concerned as a worship leader about whether they think we're real or not or should we just get up there and express the joy anyway? I mean, I mean, you know, I don't want to fake it, but I mean, I'm not faking it. When my mom passed away, I, I mean, I wasn't happy about it, but I knew where she was, man. I knew. And so even in the midst of there's joy, and I, I think there's a few people out there in the congregation when I was serving in Louisville that wondered, is this guy for real? <laughs> so should I have backed off and suppressed that, or is it okay to express that joy? I guess that's really my question as a leader. No, that's an awesome question. Um, really good. And I, I, think, I think I've kind of... You know, I've wrestled with that myself and tried to figure out how to present present myself in a way yeah. that is reflective of what's you know my what's really going on in my heart yeah. and want to represent God. And so, yeah, 
Um, but I, you know, I think about my, my, my grandmother's funeral. Um, <laughs> kind of interesting. I told you I'm, I'm working at my home church now mm-hmm. and, uh, my my grandmother went to this church, and uh, she passed away. Uh, you know, and I think in two thousand uh, two thousand ten or eleven, she passed away. And uh, she was just just a faithful faithful woman to the Lord, and she loved God with all of her heart. And and um, before she died, she had had a couple songs, and I got to I got to lead worship at my grandmother's funeral. Mm. Wow. Um, really cool and you know and it wasn't wasn't like just music where people were watching either it was she wanted us to stand up and sing together yeah and praise the lord together and i got got to lead that um and that was a cool moment of realizing that i can have i can have that joy while being on you know a a stage in front of people i can have that joy um i mean i think and i think about week to week here and just now you know we i know worship all of us doing this, we can get in kind of ruts and ups and downs. And so um, presenting joy uh, when we're kind of leading week to week like that, um, I think it's really important to just have a good, a good balance. I don't I don't know if I'd want to say I always have to have joy and or just be like, oh, I always have to just be real and dump everything on Sunday. So I've always tried to fa- find a balance. There, there are moments when I want to share personal kind of stuff from the you know from my position in front of people um and really have that vulnerability so i, I think i, I want to always have vulnerability okay. when i leave okay um i just think that's really important yeah um yeah. to be able to just to show our true hearts but at the same time i don't want to get up and just kind of like always dump my stuff um and just always be like you, know, you won't believe what happened to me this week. Yeah, <laughs> um, I know. Yeah, and, and just always be, always be that way. But but there are times when it's okay to be vulnerable and really share your heart about something. Um, you know, for example, I I wouldn't mind sharing about at this point. I wouldn't mind sharing about miscarriage. I think that we've processed that enough. I I wouldn't mind sharing about that in front of my church, and a lot of my church family knows that about me. Um, but at the same time, I I do have. In some ways, you've got a job to do, right? I need to, I, I do need to get up and help people, um, help people engage, help people sing, help people connect with the Lord. Yep. And, yeah. And, um, and there are some moments when you're not feeling it, and you just still gotta go for it. You gotta. I think it comes back to what I said earlier. You gotta try and worship through it yourself. And so, um, for me, I guess the uh, if I were to give a tip, kind of a practical tip. For me, being being authentic on st- on stage, platform, whatever word you use, um, that that has to be an overflow of personal worship through the week. So wow, good word. If I yes. can, you know, if I can take those songs, I, agree. I, you know, I'm, I got here from working earlier today. If I can take those songs, play through them a couple times this week here, find a quiet space to worship. And really connect with God through what I'm singing, and and um, figure out what those songs mean to me, and how they connect with my own story. I just think that helps us um, put out that authenticity on Sunday morning, uh, whenever we're leading, because we're not just singing words. We're really we've we've worshipped through the week, and we're overflowing on Sunday, and that helps it be authentic. Yeah, I, I've I've heard this over the years. Um, 
You just need to be real. Get get real. Be real. And, you know, I, I, I get that, but um, and I agree with that. I actually completely agree with that. But I think the realness that's the ugly realness, that really should have been dealt with off the stage. I feel like uh, that that's something you do with the Lord and you just get honest with him and here's what's going on. Or if it's a sin issue, confess it. If it's just an attitude or confusion or disillusionment, bring that to the Lord. Bring it to somebody you trust and let's hash that out. But on stage is not really, in my opinion, the time to do that. Now, if there's just a, a particular burden that's hitting you and, there's, and you've not worked through it and yet you've tried, sure, be vulnerable, be honest and open with your people. But to me... I think I don't think we're doing them a, a service by let's continue to focus on our own issues. No, no. During this half hour or hour of the service, we're going to focus on the Lord because, <laughs> as you said earlier, He's in charge. So if we get that before we walk up there, uh, that's not faking it. If I'm full of joy, that that's a God thing. I think the best thing we can do for our people. I think the most important part we can do is point them and ourselves, our eyes to the Lord. And so I don't want to spend a lot of time speaking about myself. I will take time to do it. But uh, I guess that's where I, I, I feel like getting real, that's a good thing. But the realness that comes out, I want to be a spirit-filled realness <laughs> and, not my, and not my old nature yeah. realness, you know. So anyway. No, that's a yeah. great point, pointing people to the Lord yeah. rather, you know, sure, they're, I can weave my story. Yeah, and, you, and I think we should. I think it's, uh, that relates and... Yeah. And I, I don't think we get up and say, look, but life's perfect. Everybody's got a story. No, I mean, life's hard. You know, life's difficult. I mean, I, yeah, I make mistakes. Yeah. You can say things like that, but I think dwelling on them is, it doesn't really help anyone very much, in my opinion. Uh, let's point them to the Lord, man. Let's point their eyes to the one in charge. And, and so, but I think you're, a, you know, I think you're, you and Kenzie are examples of that. You've stayed faithful in the midst of it. Some, some people after three miscarriages would go like, I'm done with this. This Christianity thing's not all it's cracked up to be. But you didn't think that coming in, man. You, you already knew that, you know, in life we're going to have tribulations. But be of good cheer, Jesus said, I have overcome the world. And I think we just, I think instead of being surprised when we have troubles, maybe we ought to be surprised when we don't have troubles, you know. Hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and be thankful for those seasons when, when things are good. So I, th I think it's a healthy conversation of how we take that from the, pavement up to the pulpit so to speak though and how do we move that into that leadership and I know we're talking a lot of people on the podcast that are listening that are pastors and worship leaders so I wanted to ask you I had you on the on the podcast what you thought about that so didn't forewarn you but I think uh, yeah. that was a healthy conversation uh yeah it's a great conversation to have really yeah is. and so so I think that's good for today on that I, I want to take a break in a few moments and I want to come back and talk talk to you about a the persecution of the saints in, in, you know, in, in other countries. But also, Jordan, you've got a unique perspective. You've traveled with us a lot. In fact, for a while, you were our director in helping us with the international missions we were doing. And uh, there's some pretty exciting stuff happening. The Lord's moving. And even Iran, you hear all the negative about Iran because of, uh, of course, what we're dealing with, you know, with as a country with them. And uh, But man, in the midst of things, God is moving in Iran. So, and also in Ethiopia and Kenya and other places we've been together. So why don't we come back and talk about a little bit about that? That'll be a fun conversation too. That'll be encouraging, might be a better word for it. So, yep. yep. All right, great. We'll take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Thanks.
All right, everybody, we're back with uh, Jordan Hutton. A uh, really good conversation we had about the joy and the journey and, and, and just being real, I think, before our people. Uh, I think that was really healthy. And uh, I think it's good for us to, to revisit that. Now I want to talk about, talking about going through hard times, you yet still having joy. There are a lot of Christians in other parts of the world that have it much, much more difficult than we do. Uh, here in America, I'm talking about, uh, and 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 but yet, well, Jordan, you you've been to Africa. I mean, look how hard you know they can have it over there. But yet, can you ever remember a time when you didn't walk into a place where they were smiling and they were friendly and and this they danced a lot, you know, <laughs> just full of a lot of joy. Their power may have gone off and had no electricity, but they were happy, you know. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. They may not have had a. a Building, they, oh, yeah. they may have had a building of some. I don't know if you here, you probably wouldn't, wouldn't call, call it a building, building here. Uh, no, just a structure, yeah, just open air, a structure yeah, just, with no chairs yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my favorite church going into is the one that they had uh, empty paint cans for chairs. I remember that. You know, that was like at a, a like a gallon paint uh, can. You know where that was? That was in Zimbabwe, um, in yeah. um, in Gozi Mines, they called it, which was actually a, a landfill. It's a dump, a city dump, and they had, uh, they had a church there, and so they everything in that church was from throwaway scraps, and they brought it together and made a made a church building out of it, and yeah, and, and it, what a what a cool cool. Uh, well, actually, for me, it was a very challenging, convicting experience that was, just to see them in the midst yeah. of that. Uh, I mean, they were they were they lived in a city dump, but they. Those who had been born again, many had gotten saved, and there was a lot of joy in that room. Yeah, there was. Yeah. <laughs> good memories. Yeah, so uh, I thought it would be really good to talk about some things that's happening now. I've not been to Iran. Have you been? You've not actually been to Iran, probably. Uh, I think I think I you would have probably mentioned that. I would have remembered. So we've ne- neither of us have been to Iran, but, but very recently, this last few days, I've seen some reports come out, and I know that, Jordan, you've been reading some things about the revival that's taken place amidst uh, the strong, strong uh, Muslim influence of Iran and the dictatorship. Still, God is on the move. So, uh, wow. I mean, we just don't hear about that part, do we? We just mostly hear the bad news on the on the on the evening. We hear the political news, right? What's you know, right? We hear what uh, the country leaders are doing, but what's what's God really up to in this place is kind of what I'm trying to. Yeah, and I know that you uh, you read this article by the Voice of the Martyrs, a special report, uh, and it's entitled um, "Iran: More Restrictions, More Growth." Uh, you read that. Yeah. What, what, did you, what was your takeaway from that article? Yeah, I, I, uh, I just, uh, I, I wasn't surprised to read this, um, because I, I feel like that's a trend that anytime there are hurting people, yeah, uh, that God works in just miraculous ways in those places, um, and and. When people realize their need for God, they turn to God. And so um, where there's a, a place with great need, it just seems like that's where you're going to find God doing some really uh, interesting, cool stuff that a lot of times here, honestly, I think we just get uh, a 
little bit stagnant and stuck in our mode of going to church every week, and that's about it. And Absolutely. So opening our our hearts and our minds to what God's doing in some um, some challenging places in the world, you get to see how God's moving in really cool ways there, and 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 then there's ways to be a part of it too. That's really cool in in today's technology and. Uh, world that we live in, we can actually do something with them and partner with them. So that's pretty cool, too. Yeah, it is. And that's one of the, the joys of getting to do what we do is just getting a partner with the local leaders. Our our philosophy, we believe it to be a biblical one, is to come along beside the, the, the local people that God has placed there. It's their Jerusalem, so to speak, uh, pulling from that reference in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Uh, Jesus said, you know, go and reach the nations but begin in your jerusalem basically well that is their jerusalem that is their hometown so why would we come in as foreigners and tell them what to do we want to come along beside them and encourage them uh and and i love that aspect of next level worship i i love getting to do that i'm reading from this article um i just wanted to read a couple quotes uh from it um Christians are specifically targeted in Iran, making outreach, discipleship, even arranging a meeting incredibly challenging. More than 150 Iranian Christians were arrested in the weeks leading up to Christmas of 2018. Agents from the Ministry of Intelligence arrested eight more on July the 1st in this certain city. Uh, the eight arrested include a husband and wife, and, and I think they go ahead and, and they go on to talk about those. Um, See, we've, I've never been arrested for my faith. I, I, I can't relate to that, you know. So, no, I, it's hard to, it's hard to put ourselves in those shoes. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how to. But, uh, yeah, I was talking. But it challenges me. Yeah. I think you were with us uh, on this trip, Jordan, when we came through Choma. Zambia and we did a we did a two-day conference there I, I feel like you were there for that I, I don't remember I know you've gone on most of the trips I was in it yeah I was well, in the, a place called Chumbo yeah okay yeah. there was a pastor <laughs> Joseph that was in the room uh, an older man uh, and uh, sometime during the conference somebody uh, alerted me to the, how this guy's had got an incredible testimony of suffering uh and, and so when I had the chance, I pulled him aside and I talked to him about it. And uh, I didn't talk to him. He talked to me. I was mesmerized. I, I don't think I said three words. I was like, my mouth was open the whole time. But he shared a story of, of, of being imprisoned in Angola for eight years. And literally, it was just a hole in the ground. They, dig a, they dug a big pit and they, they kept prisoners down in that hole. And they would actually, I mean, this is gross and it's nasty, but it's true. They would urinate on them. I mean, they, they had cared, at the, they cared nothing about these people. And they, they were down there for eight years. He said people would, uh, prisoners would just, they would come get them and, and they would disappear and they'd never come back and no one ever said anything about them. No one had any idea what happened to them. Um, and he went through that for eight years. Did you know why? <laughs> I mean, he left his family because he felt led to go and share the gospel in Angola, which is a neighboring country. And knowing, I mean, he went in knowing that, that he could be persecuted for it, but he, he did it because God told him to. And, uh, and, and sure enough, he was arrested and, and imprisoned for eight years. 
And so here's this older man. He's probably in his 70s or early 80s talking to me. And you know there was not one hint, not one moment did he say anything that sounded like he regretted what he did or that he was bitter toward God or toward those people at all. Where does faith like that come from, man? That blows my mind. Yeah, it does. It does. It's um, just because of where we live, those are challenges that we've never had to face. No. Um, and so I, I don't know how to put myself in his shoes, but it it challenges me to... Um, to, to really think about my faith and think about how uh, how trusting am I really of God? Would I really be that trusting to 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 do that? Uh, I hope so. I hope so. I'm I'm trying to be, um, but it, it's it's just, it's interesting how the the challenges, the persecution, how that grows people's faith, just like this man uh, that you speak of, how it grows their faith in a way that's incredible. Um, a, a quote in this same article that we're talking about here by Voice of the Martyrs. Um, a man says, uh, don't, don't pray for regime change because this is where the gospel is flourishing. Hmm. Uh, interesting perspective. Wow, don't pray. He is saying that, wow. yeah, the, the, the regime that, that is their government um, is actually causing Christianity to flourish because it's pushing people uh, to that point where they realize their their need for Jesus and salvation. Mm. Um, Goodness. So they're saying, don't don't wow. pray for uh, our persecution to be uh, less, but pray for. Yeah, I heard a similar statement to that when we were in Kenya, and I don't believe you're with us on this trip because it was just last year, but we were with some pastors on the south coast of Kenya. And uh, they, I said, you know, do you have different denominations? They said, oh, yeah, we do. But we had just met with about 30 pastors from several different denominations. And we were driving away from that and talking to this pastor that, that was a part of that pastor's conference, that local community of pastors. And I said, so I'm sure there were probably different denominations. And he said, oh, yeah. He said, but we don't have time to worry about denominations. He said, of course, we, we have our doctrinal differences but the things that matter most who christ is our salvation you know uh, where our joy comes from who the hope is the one and only savior he said we all agree on that he said that's all we need he said honestly there's so much persecution and potential around around us in this part of our world we don't have time to worry about those differences we're just focused on what we have in common yeah and uh and he said because of the uh, of of our constant pressure on us about our faith and the reality of potential persecution he said it draws us together as, as a christian community wow and he wasn't uh, again he wasn't asking yeah. for relief from it he, he saw it as a blessing <laughs> wow. yeah well I, I wanted to touch base on that because you have a unique perspective like i said of, in, in, in being a part of next level worship and i love teaching people about worship in those countries we only have a few minutes left um I want to come back. I want to talk just for a few moments about something you're learning, uh, Jordan. Yeah. Something God's teaching you. One thing I, I'm sure you, you've already learned is you got to be on time for your wife. That's probably something you've already learned. So, <laughs> so we got to get you out of here so you can get. 
<laughs> you don't want to get in trouble with your wife. Yeah, That's, so you've that. already learned that. Okay, good. Well, good. I know you haven't been married very long, but yeah. you know that. Okay. So I know better than to keep you long. So we'll let you out of here. But, but uh, you know, I just wanted to maybe maybe a sentence or two from you about why you believe it's important, even in the, in the environment in Africa where they seem to. People tell me sometimes, why do you go to Africa to teach them about worship? Don't they already know all about worship? I mean, you know, because we see how jubilant they are and, and, and they love to dance. So uh, just as a closing thought before we take a break and then before we come back and talk about something you're learning, what, is, what do you think is a reason why we ought to go to Africa, for example, and teach them about worship? Uh, yeah, sure. I, I really have I've found that um, the heart of worship, is that the name of this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, the heart of worship. Drop that name. Dropped it. Okay. So, the, really, though, but the heart of worship, it's, it's, um, it's a biblical concept, and it, it crosses the the boundaries of all cultures, and so why teach in Africa? Well, if God opens a door to teach in Africa, teaching about the heart of worship, um, it's really the same. I, I teach the same, same lesson thing. to a group of middle school students here in Indiana. Yeah. Uh, the heart of worship is about loving God and loving people and serving Him in a, in a whole life attitude, mindset, action. That, that's my worship to God. It's good, man. Uh, I, don't, I, don't even have to, I don't even have to go to Africa to teach about music. So when people say, no, I, I love teaching about music in Africa and I love teaching music everywhere. But when people say, you know, well, they, they dance and their singing's great and the music's great, they, they already get worship. I would argue uh, understanding worship is not about the music part of it at all. Mm. Uh, the heart behind it is what I want to get to. And so yeah. um, I, I, I'll teach that anywhere the door's open. And uh, me and you, when we met each other a few years ago and had this crazy opportunity to go to Africa and teach about the heart of worship, I'm so glad that we took it. Yeah, me too. And, and so I'd say it's not so much about Africa. It's, it's the... The biblical teaching crosses boundaries, and and it can be taught anywhere, and it needs it to needs be taught to be. everywhere exactly. because it is a thing that so many people don't get. People right here in my own congregation, I want to teach about the heart of worship. So, um, so yeah, there's that's that. good. That's answer. good. Well, I, I, speaking of Africa, uh, just put a put a, a mention in about our trip. We're going back to Africa in March. Uh, we're going to be in three countries in Zambia. We're doing pastors conferences there, probably teaching about 500 pastors, encouraging them. And then we go to Ethiopia. We'll be doing an intensive school there for a full week. We'll have people from many countries that will be coming. Uh, Demeke is our leader there. Jordan, you know Demeke. And uh, uh, he's, do, he's yeah. awesome. And so, yeah, awesome he, so he's got people coming in from many parts of the country as well as other other countries surrounding surrounding that and we'll be teaching them for a week on just how to lead worship what worship is teaching leaders and then we go from there to kenya and we'll be doing regional conferences in kenya in three different cities uh preparing uh preparing them for us to return in august to do an intensive school so uh wow what a great trip we have lined up and we're going to do even uh, do some evangelism sharing the gospel while we're there so if We'd love for you to pray for us on that. And also, we wish that you would uh, consider supporting us financially. We need the support uh, of Christians. Uh, give to your local church first, please. But then if you feel led, please consider supporting us. Uh, it, honestly, it's very expensive to do these. But we know the Lord will provide. He always does. 
We'll take a break for a moment, and then we're going to have about three minutes, Jordan, for you to share with us something you're learning. Can you say it quickly? I hope so. About to find out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll be back in a moment. Thank you. back uh we are back with jordan hutton and this is the heart of worship podcast jordan we've only got a few minutes uh but we'd love to hear something that you're learning man what's god what's something god's teaching you what we believe is that we should never stop learning that's one of our mottos around here so tell us what's something you're learning okay so you said i gotta do it in two or three uh, minutes you, here, you have so. to learn fast uh, yeah big fun challenging thing right now that i'm uh trying to help help others learn and that it's teaching me a lot about how to kind of get people all on the same track um so uh we we just recently uh got um, some sound system upgrades in our church and uh with that we're all able to use in-ear monitors now so i'm sure many people listening have done this you've probably done it for years very good yeah um I've, i have done that for a long time and started here two years ago and that was something that i wanted to to get going and, and get upgraded and so we have that so with that we've we've kind of introduced this crazy idea of click tracks oh right. you're introducing click you tracks. tracks Wayne. oh yes oh man i have introduced them too okay. there's a difference so in just doing them but introducing them is a whole experience in and of itself uh, yeah. and that's where i'm at and that's what i'm learning mm -hmm. so i'm trying to learn uh, right now how to get you know 25 people uh on that and introduce that to them and i found out that um people have used them in rehearsal but i was i me and my wife were the only people that had actually used a click track in, in a, a live setting. setting okay and so uh yeah yeah and and and, my, and I'll say, let me say this the musicians i'm playing with are great they're really good. Yeah, that's uh, good. You know, many of them have played for years and years and years, but just the idea of click tracks, they they kind of didn't cross paths with that, and so mm -hmm. um, this is for this is a first for for a lot of people. And so I'm learning how to uh, navigate the the boundaries. So I I don't want to push too hard uh, yeah. and make people feel like they can't do it because it didn't go so well, or if they fail. Yeah. Um, how do I help them? How do I help them pick up and 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 grow? And so right now I'm learning how to really do that. How to be patient. How to be encouraging. Whenever you know in rehearsal on Thursday night, we only made it halfway through the song and we had to kill it, kill it, the click because we were way off in it. Oh yeah, like, yeah, we've had know, to do that. Yeah. Something crazy going off in yeah. your head. And when you do that, you know it, your team immediately just feels like mm -hmm. oh, we didn't do it. We, we're not. We didn't do it. I, I'm trying to learn how to be an encourager right now. Good. And and a team a team builder and and trying to get, like I said, 25, 30 people all on the same path, um, to being excited about this and willing to do it. And it's it's just hard to introduce and hard to do, and it's been challenging for me as a leader. Yeah. Um, I don't. We're we're out of time today. We'll probably have to pick this back up at a later time. But man, what an important topic. I'll just say that I'm not really your best guy to talk to, because I managed to run off two or three drummers like this but uh but when guys are 
they can they can be very very talented, but they've played on their own so many years, it becomes a detriment to them opening being open to something new. Uh, but the reason for a click track is the tightness of the band. Once they learn to play, I remember they had a 50-year-old man that, that was a little bit standoffish at first, but once we played with it, his attitude completely changed. He said, wow, it frees us. It's more freeing now. And I went, wow, I wish everybody got that. So I would just encourage you to continue pushing a little bit, but having a lot of one-on-one conversations and letting them see your heartbeat and it demonstrating why it helps. Uh, they need to get the why or they won't. A lot of times they'll not come around, and they really get why they should do it. Then they'll start going, okay. Yeah. And they need to experience it in rehearsal. Boy, you're right about that. Like you need to have some wins in rehearsal to the point where they almost begin to want it and then introduce it because if you put it out there too quick and they fail in front of everybody, it's even more difficult. Yep. So. I'm yep. And I'll say one last one last comment. Yep. It's pushed me to – it's pushed me more to uh, – as, as, I know this is not a very spiritual topic, click tracks <laughs> but it's actually pushed me to pray more for my team yeah sure it's pushed me to pray that uh hey i, I want to pray specifically that this difficult change i know it's challenging for a person that's never done it uh, no matter how great of a musician they are it can just be challenging i want to pray specifically for team members that uh, that we have open hearts and minds to this and i want to pray for my team that we continue to have unity and I don't end up with half my team good with it and half not. Um, well, I want to pray for unity and pray for specific people uh, that we just uh, that God just gives them that encouragement that they need and that empowerment that they need to go for it and do well, it. And so He will. That's and He cool will too. because you're you're approaching humility and prayer, and I think God will give you the wisdom you need and and the breakthrough. But just just it's, it just takes time. Hey, uh, we need yeah. we need to shut her down here. I want to I want to pray for you, Jordan, and you and Kinsey. Uh, um, I know you're about Thank to go you. to this birthing class, and so uh, we want to let you go so you can <laughs> do that. But I, I just want us to take time, those listening, to take, pray for Jordan and Kinsey and, and the birth of uh, Judah Scott. Judah Scott. Judah Scott. I love the name, man. Cool name. <laughs> and we'll pray for that. And and. Uh, and and pray for your we'll pray for your team in this uh, transition you're going through. Um, yeah, Thank yeah. You. Okay. Well, let me do that, and then then we'll uh, be done with the day. But let's stop and pray for for these guys. Father, thank you so much for Jordan. Uh, you know what a dear friend he is to us and our ministry, and we love him and and Kenzie and and about to love Judah Scott and and other children. You'll send them in the future. Uh, just so awesome to see how you're growing this family and using this man to. Uh, and, and, and Kenzie, and both of them, both of them, and uh, in, in leading your church uh, in a phenomenal way. Thank you for Pastor Matt, uh, their lead pastor there. And, and uh, God, we pray for them. We pray, God, that uh, you would continue to bless this ministry. Thank you for all those listening. Whatever's going on in their lives, maybe somebody needs some joy today, we pray for that. Pray, God, that we would all keep our eyes focused on you, the giver of joy. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Man. Thanks, Jordan. Man, thanks for having me. Been fun, guys. Been fun. Been great. All right. Well, maybe we'll get you yeah. back on here again sometime. Thanks, man. See you later. Bye.